Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Hello and welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. Is Courtney and opposite me as always is Matt. Yes, hello, welcome indeed. And we are very excited to bring you this, what are we calling this Matt, bonus episode, extra, fun. Shits and giggles. <laughs> Q&A. Uh, mailbag. Mailbag. The, maybe, maybe we call it the mailbag. Uh, we have been collecting emails yes. and messages and questions the last couple of months and honestly it's probably about time we pulled our finger out and start answering them did, did an episode where we answer them so we are between seasons at the moment and in our last episode of our last season which was or success our first season. or our first season success leaves clues we did mention that we had lots of emails coming in that we were going to be doing a couple of these Q&A episodes and the time has come to roll the first one out yes because you know we don't want to come across as rude no we're getting these great emails and messages and questions and like well who are these dickheads not answering so between seasons is a perfect time to answer all of these questions so and talk and talk to you basically yeah because ultimately we we do this for a living and we like to answer questions. We do. Questions are good. Well, actually, you know what? Not all questions are good. Some questions are better than others. Uh, but the 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 I suppose the desire to ask a question comes from a good place. Yes. Also tells us where someone is at. Yeah. You can tell a lot about someone by the questions they ask. Definitely. In terms of where they're at, where they're struggling, or what they're going through. But anyway. Why don't we just shut up? Let's get into and this. And actually talk <laughs> because that's not a contradiction. Absolutely not. We've got a few to get through here. So I reckon without further ado, let's just lay into it. Yeah, let's do it. Courtney, I will read. You will answer. Yes. And then I will <laughs> give the right answer. <laughs> yes. It's pretty much how this will go. All right. First one comes in from Connie. Hi, Connie. You're going to like this. Hello, Courtney and Matt. That's the way I like it. Mmm. Love your podcast. You've helped me keep going when progress has been slow. Your reminders that it will take longer than I would hope have really helped me be realistic. Thank you. I have two questions for you. My trainer wants to use my pictures of me and has asked me to write a testimonial for her website. Is it impolite to ask for something in return? I know she will be profiting from my images and testimonial as I have had great progress. I was thinking of asking for a couple of free sessions in return. What do you think? So there's a second question, but let's answer, answer the first one. one first. Uh, what do you reckon? Boss, what do you think? Well, I'd be more curious for you to answer this question since you are the trainer of trainers. Yeah, but last I checked... There are two people on this podcast, and one of them is named Courtney. I would not. You would not what? Ask for anything for Why? free. Why? I feel like I have already got what I wanted out of the relationship by the results. Um, I, and I feel like 
you're you're as a client. I work I worked with you, Matt, as a client. And, you, and now you're my boss. Yeah. And you use my photos and, and I... And at still the do. Time, and I understand this question because we've heard it before as well from other people asking advice on this. So this is a this is not out of the blue of a question. I, I, just, I probably just wouldn't. But why? Because I feel like I would share my photos anyway. <laughs> And yeah, there is that part, isn't there? I would share them regardless. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I would be privileged more so that my trainer felt like I had achieved something that she wanted or he wanted to share as well. Mm. That's just personal preference. And there's speaking, wrong. speaking from a client point of view, but Matt, you speaking from a trainer point of view, how would you see it? Well, I do. I'll start by saying this. Any trainer with half a brain should be asking for, um, you know, to use progress photos and testimonials because that is the lifeblood of a personal training business. Yes. Without those results, um, here comes the language, we are fucked. Yes. In business, we are fucked. Yes. It doesn't matter what certifications we have. No one gives a shit. No. It always comes down to the photos, the stories, the challenges, the struggles, and the triumphs. Mm-hmm. So for starters, this trainer, Connie, has half a brain and deserves a high five because yes. I know a lot of trainers and have seen a lot of trainers that do not have this sort of a focus. Well done. Now, in terms of asking for something in return, I would say this. Has your, if, if you've got a result here, I would say you've already got something in return. Yeah. Because from a trainer's perspective... It's not the okay. You know what? I'm going to go even lower level from Courtney and myself's perspective. It's we we're not in this for the money. When you're good at what you do, anything in life, you're going to get paid. Money tends to find you. The reason we do this is because we want to help change lives. Because that's what gets us up in the morning. It makes us feel good about ourselves. It's empowering for us. Yes. It's life affirming as far as I'm concerned. So to me, it's like, well, if Connie has got a great result, everyone has won here. Mm. So Connie has got what she came for and what helps the trainer and the trainer's business is the photos and the stories. I would say to this, I would say this, what would you get out of a couple of free sessions in, in, in actually? Like what would you get out of that? Mm. I, yeah. What's the point? I would necessarily put it down. I know Connie's question was based around, is it polite? I don't is necessarily it, it, think it's impolite or polite. You can do it. You cannot do it. I just I just think that... I don't know if it's impolite. I would say it's unnecessary. Yeah. Just because in terms of um, asking for something in return, if you've got a life-changing result, a couple of free sessions don't hold a candle to looking, feeling, functioning better and liking what you see in the mirror. I've always just more seen those sort of tasks as more of a privilege than an obligation. So if somebody says to me, you've had a great result, would you mind, you know, writing Mm. me a review or something like that? Yeah. Fine. You know, to me, it's just more like that. Whereas, you know, you have uh, a builder build you a brand new house and they want to take a before and after photo of it and post it for their marketing. Great. Because I'm proud of my brand new house. And I want other people to be able to see it. So that's just the way that I've always looked at it as more of a privilege. I would also ask, why do you feel the need to ask for something in return? 
Yeah. That is there a is there a, a dissatisfaction with the result here? I, I think, but I think there's probably also a misconception within the fitness industry that oh, there's plenty of those based off that particular before and after. I'm mm. going to make like five sales. I'm going to make like ten grand, and it is a misconception because in we've what way? we've had clients in the past early days to us say, "I don't want you to use my photos for marketing because." you know, you're going to make money off them. We haven't used them, but life still goes on and our business is still grown because your your particular photos are like, to me, aren't a make or break for my business, but they are something that I'm, as a trainer, proud of and I'm proud of you and I want to show it off. So I think there's just a misconception as well that, oh, you're going to make money off my photos so I should get something in return. Well, the thing is, I would slightly push back on that in that, yes, we would like to make money off your photos because that's the point of being in business. That's the point of being in our business. But the thing is, to me, is asking or wanting something in return. Don't you already have that? Yeah, I didn't mean, though, that you're not going to make any money off them. Mm. But those particular photos aren't the make or break, the be all, end all. No, but, but... But they do help, yes. Mate, they add up. So... They add up. You think, you think of us, if you took away, say... 50% of the photos that we have, like it's an impact. Oh, because, uh, because the yes. thing is, the thing is, the results and the testimonials is credibility. Mm. And without that credibility, we're cooked. Yeah. We got nothing in business. We got, we're done. So I think, in answer to that question, moving on, is it impolite? Is it polite? It's probably your choice on that one. Would, Not really but, the moral but, police. But, but, but I would say, do I you really say, need to yeah, if you got a great result? Like, the, what what the trainer gets in return is the testimonial yeah. and the photos. I think at the end of the day, it's it's yeah, it, it's something that I always saw as a privilege to do more so than a than a chore. Okay, second question. Also, my time with my trainer will be done in December. I'm nervous about having to start training on my own. I've been writing down all of my workouts and she has been keeping track of everything as well. I really like this trainer. Would you suggest I do her workouts over and over and just add more weight as I go along? What happens to my training post having a personal trainer? Courtney, go. (laughs) Okay. Um, I would say... Well, it's sort of hard to answer this question when you don't know what the workouts are. So <laughs> I can't sort of say, yes, do those workouts and just add more weight when I don't know what it is what you're are we doing. Talking, what are we talking about here? So yeah. that is a fairly generic question to have to try to answer. So I can answer it for you. Go. <laughs> okay, go, Matt. Well, you, Courtney and I have a bit of a mission with our clients to empower them to not have to ask this question. Mm. So the first thing I'm thinking of to me is if someone's um, time is up, let's say you call that, and there's a fantastic result. Okay, great. What should come with that fantastic result is the habits, the confidence, the knowledge, the skills built up over time where someone should be able to basically have their hand let go of and off they go because they've been taught 
Here's how the program works. Here's how it's structured. Here's how it can be modified. Here's how it can be progressed. Here's how it can be regressed. I would say between now and December, there should be some work put in, in this case, so that when it's time to go out on your own, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Now, I won't go on the full rant here, half a rant, but this is one of the things that shits me about personal training is that a lot of it doesn't actually teach anyone anything. No. Tells them what to do. Here's your session. Here's your exercises. Yeehaw. Why? Yeah. I think in terms of of going out post-trainer, I think a lot of people do it and they're able to flourish and succeed because are you, they're are able... We sure, are we sure it's a lot? Yeah, there is. Really? Because a lot of people are able yeah. to succeed. Maybe they have bumps in the road, but then they because they fall back on their uh, learnings and their teachings, they're able to then pick themselves back up. I think that is the aim, and it should be the aim. But there are a lot of people, yes, that don't flourish mm. post-personal trainer. Mm. But I've got nothing against people who want to give that a go. That is... As you just mentioned, Matt, the ideal. The ideal is that you work with a personal trainer, they teach you everything that you need to know, and you go out and do it on your own. Yeah. Most, in my experience, most of the time when people go out and do it on their own, it's not because, well, from our experience from our previous clients, it's not from lack of experience, mm. it's from that losing that accountability, and then they are not able to keep their structure and that tends to be, from our experience, Matt, I think you'll agree, that that tends to be where most people struggle. Um, can, I, can I quote someone that we know very well and is very popular? Mm. 100%. Yes. So so that, that, in our experience, tends to be the reason why. So, yes, I would check and be working with your trainer between now and December, Connie, in terms of what do I do post-December? Where am I going with these workouts? What is the plan here? Because everything else in these questions has led me to believe that this trainer is very good at what she does. So, or at least wants to be. So, to me, there there should be a dialogue there, and I, you know, I would encourage a dialogue of what do I do post December. I it, it would be hard for us to comment on what your training should be because we don't really know well, what no it specific. is now. There's no specifics. Um, there's no specifics. So, yeah, So, it is hard to, hard to tell. But, the, yes, yeah. in, in a generalized rule, there should be some sort of plan where you carry on the workouts in the structured way. But you know where it can go. And you know where to go and you know where to start and where to finish and when to take breaks from training yeah. because that's also really important. Uh-huh. So, all of these things should be structured in and, yes, they should be a plan going forward. Can I just make one final comment before we move to the next email? I would say this, based on the questions being asked here, if December comes around and there isn't really, really impressive before and after photos and a life that's been changed in a positive way and there isn't empowerment in terms of being able to then go and sustain this on your own, I would say Connie might need more time with her trainer. Yes. Because this is, and you touched on it before, Courtney, and I'll go hard on this one. This is where I see a lot of people fuck it up. They think they're ready and they ain't. Yeah. And they go off on their own and three to six months later, whoops, I'm back to square one. 
And I think that the stigma around you're supposed to work with a trainer only for a, a short amount of time and then do it by yourself is wrong. Everybody is different. Mm. If you feel like you get to the end of your quote-unquote plan of working with a trainer and you feel like you're not ready to go out on your own... Don't. Don't. (laughs) There is nothing wrong with continuing on for a bit longer until you feel like you are ready. Everybody is able to develop habits in a different way. Yeah. And if you don't have that habit yet formed of consistency and and compliance on your own, then... Continue on, continue. You you feel like you're getting great results, but you must be because she wants to use you as a testimonial. Yeah. Then yeah. keep pushing forward. All right, I like it. Well done. Uh, next email comes from Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hello, Matt and Courtney. Take that. Oh, that's just, yeah. It's fine. We're evening up. I am changing. I've gone from 158 kilos to currently 138. I've undergone this journey as I have a four-year-old son and I want to be healthy for him. I'm finding it frustrating to navigate the world when I feel I am changing and my world around me is not. Is frustration at external factors a normal experience for those undergoing their own transformation? Love the podcast. Regards, Jeff. Good question because here's my interpretation of this question. I'm putting in the effort, I'm getting the results, people around me are still shoving shit into their head and aren't changing and maybe giving me a bit of pushback. Yeah. Would you agree, Courtney? Yes. Uh, What's your take on this? Well, the question really is, is is frustration at external factors normal? Yes. 100% normal. And I'm sorry to say, Jeff... It's going to be there because the problem is... Sorry, not sorry? The problem is, and this is something I had to learn as well, I've, I've got friends and family who don't live the same lifestyle that I lead. As do I. And is it frustrating? Yes, but the thing Can that be. I had to learn and that I've, I've taught others to learn mm. is that you can't help people that don't want help. So... If people aren't ready to change, you can't force that upon them. And is it frustrating? Yes. I, I watch people that I love and I watch them and know that their lifespan is going to be shortened because of what they're doing to themselves. And that kills me because I love these people and I want them to be around for as long as possible. And I can't do anything about that. Can't do shit. I have mm. to sit there and watch it. And yes, it's frustrating. It's hurtful. It is hurtful. But the line in the sand that I drew was that 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 is fine. That's the life that you want to lead. Don't complain to me about it. And that's the only thing that I feel that I have the power to do, which is I will turn the other cheek and allow people to live their own lives however they want to lead them. Just don't complain about it at the end of the day. Um, and that's literally the only thing I've been able to do. And that's Scorching. the sort of rule for myself and for my own sanity I've been able to put in place. Um, but yes, it's, it's highly frustrating, but there really is nothing that, that you can do about it. You have done an amazing job so far to lose 20 kilos. Don't stop. 
Don't stop. You're doing brilliant. Keep on trucking, buddy. Yep. The other thing I will say that Matt alluded to, which was a lot of people that we know in the past have had the experience. This hasn't been my personal experience, but a lot of people have had the experience where they have had that pushback. So not only are Mm. people around them doing different things and it's frustrating. Criticizing. That has been my side of things. Mm. I never got that, that criticizing attitude. I never got that pushback. I never got too much of that. I, I, I got a few comments in the beginning of my own transformation of, of why are you eating that? Or are you allowed to eat that? <laughs> or, oh, you yeah. eat a lot of food. <laughs> um, these sort of things. But it didn't take long for the people around me that I work with and that I lived with to recognize my new routine and become new routine. And then they would make comments to me like, oh, is it time for you to eat now? Mm. Um, So it became very normal very quickly for me. So I was lucky in that situation. Other people, not so lucky, and they do receive pushback, and that is a whole nother kettle of fish, which, Matt, you might be able to speak more about. Well, I don't need to say too much because you just knocked it out of the park. So pretty much if you rewind back three minutes... (laughs) And listen to everything Courtney just said again. That's what I think as well. The only other thing I could possibly hope to add to that is this. The best way to lead is through doing. Yes. Keep doing it yourself and watch as other people start to fall in line. Yes. Other than that, just everything Courtney said. Like you, well, it's, it's you, be yeah. the role model really, isn't it? It's be the role model. Lead from the front. You're always going to lead from the front and people will follow. At the end of the day then, people know what you're doing. They mm. can see it. They see, they will see the continual, you've already received benefits, Jeff, from this. And they will continue to see more and more, more and more, more and more benefits yeah. that you're getting from the lifestyle that you're now you know, leading. You know what ends up happening is that the frustration you have with people around you who aren't changing, who aren't on the same wavelength as you, these are the same people who soon enough will be asking you questions of like, oh, What's in that bowl of food you're having? Mm. Oh, that looks good. Gee, you're looking good. What are you doing at the gym? The questions will start to come. Trust me. Other than that, Courtney, well done. Let's go to the next email. Okay. This is a short and sweet one from Sarah. In the evening, is it better to eat before or after a workout? Thanks, Sarah. This is an easy one. Ready for it? Both. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, it is both. I don't eat but too close to working out because obviously you're going to make yourself feel sick. Yeah. Um, so it, that, that is just a common sense thing. However, so, the, the key of this question is at the start, in the evening, because this is a question of, oh, are you allowed to eat at night? Are you allowed to eat past 7 p.m.? Here's the, yeah, yeah, fucking hell. Here's the thing. When you are training is when you should be eating. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of that's the end of it sometimes and and, and everybody's lifestyle is going to be different or different schedules everyone's got different schedules Uh some people are very much morning uh, gym goers there's also shift workers some people are shift workers Mm. like I've known of people that you know will go to the gym at you know 2, 3, 4am on their way home from work they have to yeah and technically that's their evening because then they're going home to eat and then go to bed bed. so It's completely, it's a personal preference. I myself do both. I'm a morning, evening. It depends on my work schedule that Mm, week, mm. Uh, during the day, middle of the day even sometimes. Um, And then, yeah, so sometimes my last 
meal at night might be 7.30. My last might be, meal might be at 8.30. Yeah. Sometimes if I'm working like late at night, my last meal is at 9.30. Well, if we have um, our kickboxing classes, we're eating upwards towards 10 o'clock. Yeah, because they so, don't finish till 8 o'clock. Yeah, so the easy, the easy answer to this is uh, when you train, you should eat. should always eat after you train. You should never train in the evening and then go to bed not eating. That's, Ever. That's, that just blunts the, the effectiveness of the session. So, yeah, that's an easy one. Next one? Next one. Next one comes from Joanna. Hello, I found your podcast. I'm really enjoying it. I don't really need to lose weight. And I already exercise daily, alternating cardio and free weights along with daily yoga. Sounds like a pretty good routine. I'm a 42-year-old mum of three. I eat pretty well, mostly whole foods. But I constantly have belly bloat and have always had a saggy butt. Any specific tips for me? Now, I'm going to say a couple of things here and then yes. give the mic over to Courtney because Courtney has dealt a lot with belly bloat and used to have a saggy butt and now has a legendary <laughs> booty. Uh, I'll just say this and let Courtney go over. Um, belly bloat, if you're constantly having belly bloat, then something's not agreeing with you. We'll start with that. And if you always have a saggy butt, stop skipping leg day. And start doing squats. Uh, Courtney, you're up. Yeah. <laughs> There's a short, sweet answer to that question. So, yes, the saggy butt would come from improving your glutes and that comes from a lot of leg-weighted exercises. What's the structure for leg day, basically? Generally speaking, if you wanted to improve your body shape, you would cut down a little bit on the cardio and up a little bit on the weight training in terms of making sure you're getting some good weight training in your legs. You're having a solid leg session once a week. And what's the exercise selection? So you've got things like, you know, as Matt said, your heavy weight, uh, your heavy weights in terms of um, building up to a good weight on your squats. Obviously, when we say heavy weights, we're not expecting you to go straight into the gym and squat 200 kilos. You're, it is. It is. But if you can, when we say heavy know. weights, it is optimal to your specific body heavy for you. Heavy type for you. Yeah. and your experience level with exercise. So, in saying that, yes, yeah, so I would be looking at your exercise routine in terms of how much cardio you are doing compared to weight training. If you want to improve the shape of your body, weight training is by far the best thing to do. Yeah. One. Two, uh, belly bloat. I have suffered from belly bloat for many, many, many years. Um, horrendous belly bloat. Whale week might get a yeah. reference here. For me, it comes down to over many years I figured out different foods that I am not allergic to but I am intolerant to. They do affect my belly in different ways. So I would definitely look at what sort of foods, whole foods you are eating. I think the misconception is, but I'm not eating processed foods, so I'm eating whole foods, so it should it's not the food. Even oh, yes, whole foods can have reactions with people. So personally, I'm not saying that this is everybody's answer, but personally now I live gluten and dairy free. I also very heavily limit as much as possible my um my intake of onions and garlic 
they tend not to agree with me either. So anything that I cook at home for myself, I would never add in onions and garlic. If I'm going out for dinner, I would always make sure that it's gluten and dairy free. But if it had onions and garlic in it, I wouldn't mind too much. That's just the way that I've found work for my body. Everybody's very different. I would definitely look at the whole foods that you are eating and try to work out if there's something in there that is causing a pattern with your belly bloating. So keeping a food diary is going to be really helpful for this. Writing down what you're eating and then writing a notes on those days about how your belly's feeling. Yeah. Um, I would also highly recommend if you are going to cut something out, you only cut one thing out at a time. This is really important. It's something I learned many years ago that if you cut everything out that you have sort of flagged as possible triggers for you, then you don't actually know which one of those items was the trigger or it could have been all of them. So make sure if you are doing some detective work with your food, trying to figure out what it is that's triggering you, make sure you only cut out one thing at a time, give it a couple of weeks, test, assess, move on from there. It is a frustrating and long process, 100%. Anytime you're trying to figure out food intolerances, it is frustrating. Generally speaking, there's about a month turnaround for every food item that you try to test because you're going to try it out for two weeks. And if, in my experience, if I did react to that food, I would bloat and it would take me a good two weeks to go back down again before I could test out the next one. So long, frustrating, yes, but give it a go and then also just check out what sort of supplements you're putting in your body as well. Um, They can also be triggers, protein powders, things like that. Also, um, are you taking a prebiotic, probiotic, those things as well? I got nothing because you just killed it. But I will just uh, one more time just give a mention to saggy butts can be addressed through exercise selection and programming on leg day in particular. Women do not have to live with saggy butts. No. And again, it's not going to change overnight, but it will absolutely change the way that your legs and your butt are shaped. Oh, well, you can speak to that. Like, you you went from having no butt to having a great butt. Well, I had a big butt. It was just more wide than than anything else. Remember I used but, to call remember, remember the how I used to call it butter butt? Yes. And then you've now got bubble butt. Yes. So that's just years of consistent consistent structured weight training. I do one leg day a week, so I'm not doing these glute exercises on every <laughs> weight session I'm in the gym. Uh, yeah. I do one leg day a week and that might consist of a leg press or a squat. It could consist of um, different programs I've had over the years would have even a deadlift on that day. It definitely would always have included a single leg work, so a split squat, something like that, weighted lunges, stuff like that. Leg press is good. Single leg leg press. Unilateral work is great. For um for leg development Stiff as well, deadlift as well, stiff legged deadlift, a fantastic one for your butt and your hamstrings. Ham- hamstrings. Mm-hmm. So hamstring development's really key as well, I think, in creating a really good uh, butt shape. Yeah. And and the hamstrings are often forgotten a lot in terms of mm. when they talk. People talk about glute development. Well so said. look at those as well. All right. Good one. Yeah. Good email and good answers. Just ask us. Yeah. All right. Uh, next email. 
And I think possibly the last one because we're going to get through more than one episode. We're getting long. <laughs> well, hey, that's what we do. Yes. Hi, Matt and Courtney. I repeat, hi, Matt and Courtney. I don't care. <laughs> Just listened to episode 70, which if memory serves correct, might be about how much exercise to do each week or the right type of exercise. Okay. I mean, I should check that since I'm part of the, the hosting team of the show. <laughs> yes. You've got the computer in front of you. So yes, you probably could have checked that. Last I checked, you do too. We both have computers in front of us, dear. You got more tabs open than me. <laughs> I've seen your phone. I don't know about that. Anyway, just listen to episode 70. I li- This is from Maggie. Did I mention that? No. Okay, Thanks, Maggie. This is from Maggie. And once again, hi, Matt and Courtney. That's a great name, Maggie. Oh, Courtney approves of your name. That's a great name. You, you're winning at life. Yeah. All right. Just listened to episode 70. I lift weights four days a week, two legs, two upper body. So she does more legs than you do, Courtney. Wow. And I, I hear the tone of your voice. And I do hit training once a week. That's high intensity interval training. Yes. I'm trying to lose weight and improve confidence. I don't count calories but keep a rough estimate in my head. Kind of the same thing. I try to keep at around 1,500 calories to keep a 500-calorie deficit. Not a calorie counter. But after listening to your episode, I am concerned that that is not enough. You are correct. How can I be sure I am consuming enough calories to function and feel good, but not too many to wreck my fat loss? Again, not a calorie counter? (laughs) I've noticed that I've gained muscle, but haven't really lost too much fat yet and want to change that. For reference, I am a 5'4", 19-year-old female. Thanks, Maggie. I'm going to start by saying one thing. In my experience, the people who most need to count calories or keep a rough estimate, whatever you want to call it, are the people who shove too much shit into their face. Let's start with that. If one is uh, not shoving bunch lo- or bucket loads of shit into their face, guess what? This ain't an issue. I think, Matt, in saying that, what you should do is describe... What I should do. Yes, yes, right now, is describe in saying that because when you say uh, putting shit in your mouth, different people will automatically have images of different things when it comes to that. So I think that now is a great time to probably describe the differences in calories. Excuse me? Well, the difference is when you're talking about shit in your mouth, you're talking about processed foods or um, pre-bought foods, even if people think they're healthy foods, foods but they're pre-packaged yes. foods yes. Um, who always have the calorie intake very prominently placed on the packaging. Mm. Um, these are the sort of foods you're talking about. So of you're course. not talking about someone like Maggie sitting there eating donuts all day. No, no. Can I? Okay, I'll give an easy description for this. Uh, there is <clears throat> a lot of people who are... Let's say not in the best shape. Yes. We'll eat lots of nutrient-sparse, calorie-dense foods. Yes. Good way of putting it. These are the people who really need to worry about counting calories. The people that don't are people who eat nutrient-dense, calorie-sparse foods. 
That is an easy way to tell the difference there. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say Maggie's shoving shit into her face. I'm saying she don't need to count calories. Correct. What I am saying, however, is that uh, if she's as active as she says she is, uh, she might not do very well at around 1,500. No. To put it mildly. No. Now, in terms of how can I be sure I'm consuming enough calories to function and feel good but not wreck my fat loss? Now, here is the thing that a lot of people do not get. As you get stronger, as you get fitter, as you get leaner, as you get more capable with your body, guess what it actually needs? More food. Wait, did I say more food? More food. It's just because I meant it. More food. You actually need to increase the good food that goes into your body to keep up with your rate, your rising metabolic rate. Yes. Now, in this specific case, how can you be sure you're consuming enough? Listen to your body. If you're hungry, eat. Mm. If you're not hungry, mm. don't. Mm. Yeah? Yes. What do you think? Yes. I mean, I think that being calorie aware is very different and that's what we talk a lot about is being calorie aware more so than counting calories. So the difference being that if you've got an idea of what you're eating, I, I personally would have absolutely no idea of the amount of calories I put in my body every day. Or every week. Well, how often have I asked you to, to count them for me? Never. The, the Wait, difference is... Never. The difference is when I say I'm calorie aware, I, don't, I still don't know how many calories I'm consuming, but I know that the food that I'm choosing to eat is falls in the box that Matt just spoke about, Nutrient which is... calorie sparse. Correct. So when we have a, an example of food would be... If you had a bowl of roast chicken with roasted vegetables. By the way, that sounds delicious. Seasoned with, you know, um, some sort of salt and pepper roasted veg seasoning and roasted with olive oil. That Mm. then is a bowl of... Goodness. Goodness and... Gains. Nutrient-dense, calorie-sparse. That is a prime example, right? On the other hand, you've got the opposite. So on that plate, you might have... A Big Mac, a large fries, and a 12-pack of chicken nuggets. Well, not even that. I would say even going lower <laughs> five, than that. Five bliss balls. You have, yeah, um, a chicken tortilla wrap with all the fillings. Five bliss balls and a protein bar. Yes, That is what people would still think of as, oh, that's healthy food. I got it from Subway. Difference is that that hasn't got as much nutrients in it, but it is a lot of calories in those meals. A lot of hidden. Hidden calories. Hidden ones. So we could... We could probably dive into this pretty deep. We could dive. We won't go into it too much deeper, but but I just wanted to really clarify those as a difference. Well said, but I will just say this once again. Uh, if you're hungry, eat. Yes. And if you're active, eat. If you want to take advantage of the muscle that you're building to burn more fat, eat. Yes. So without, you know, 
we can only know what we've been told here, but I will say this, an active woman who's getting stronger, who wants to get leaner, should probably have a bit more than 1,500. Yeah. How how much they should have, I can't tell you. No. Without knowing all the details. And secondly, I probably don't have to, to be honest. You can just look at what someone puts into their body on a daily basis. But I would say this. um, Actually, you know what? I almost forgot the most important part. I will say this. A 500-calorie deficit, a a day deficit, is enough to blunt fat loss. Yes. I was just about to say... If you get to the point where you're doing a lot of exercise, and when there's, when there's so much more going out than what's coming in, yeah, your body is going to think, "I better hold on to what I got because there ain't much coming in on the other side." Your body thinks it's going to starve. So that 500 calorie a day deficit, change that to 200. Watch what happens. You also got to remember, right, that rightly that muscle gives the body more energy than fat does in more. burning it. It's, it's, it's the most metabolically demanding resource in our body. So if you are if you have too big of a deficit, that means that your body will get to the stage where it's not even going to burn fat at all. It's going to burn the muscle. Well, it's also going to hold on to the fat. Because it's more energy rich. I love it. So that's I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't talk about when they talk about deficits. So well, the, It's the common misconception with the... the such large amounts of bullshittery that gets around in our line of work is that, oh, well, just just eat less, mate. Just train more and eat less. Like, no. No, no. If you're going to train more, your body must have more coming back in. Yes. And you look at yourself, Courtney, how much you eat now versus when you and I first met. Like, it's a bit of a difference. Oh, I'm a chronic under-eater, for sure. Well, you were. Well, I, I definitely was. I eat way more now. Than, than I than I did, and if and just like anybody else, like just like the podcast to listen to Maggie, that would actually be great for you. Would be the two part podcast that we did with Charlene. Yes. So speaking of chronic under readers, oh yeah, then what that does to your body, and and what that can do, having a too large of of a uh, of a deficit compared to the exercise you're doing. Yeah, and just for reference, they they were the third and second last episodes of our Success Leaves Clues season. Mm-hmm. So definitely worth a listen. Yes. Uh, and I reckon we wrap it up. We've been going a bit long here. Have we? Well, you know, it's, it's entirely high quality because we're fantastic. Well, we can always do a whole nother episode in the future purely based around that because it's obviously a topic that we can speak a lot about. Yeah. And, uh, and there's more and more and more that a lot of people want to know about that. So, yes. Now, uh, before we wrap up, Courtney, what's our email address? Our email address is podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. We love to get emails. Yes. And we would encourage you to email us with questions, suggestions, uh, abuse, loving feedback. Yes. Address all abuse to Courtney. And, I mean, it really is. I mean, we, we read out these emails as they come in. Yeah. So yep. anything that you want to know. Also, if you don't want to put your name down, we've had people in the past not put their name down. We don't, don't. care if you don't want to put your name down. Just or tell us, just tell us that you don't want us to read out your name. It really doesn't bother us. Exactly. It, it's more important to us that we're getting the information out there that you want to hear. Well said. Uh, now, if apart from emailing us, where else can we be found? We can be found on Facebook and you can find us on Facebook at the Weight Loss Podcast. We also have a community group 
do we ever? We still be a link to back on our website. So come and join us in our group and hang out because we think we're cool. We do think we're cool. All right, can we wrap it up? Yes. So we sincerely hope you got something out of this. If not, just blame my wife. It's all her fault. There will be more answers to questions to come. So if we haven't read your question out in this episode, watch out for the next one. Blame Matt because he's the one who reads them out. He's the one that reads them out. (laughs) But it's coming pretty soon. So have a good one and we'll speak soon. Bye. Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com.